0: Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences
1: share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's
0: your host, Chris Conner. Hey there, welcome back and thanks for making LSMR a part of your day. I have an important topic for you today that we've never talked about, which is why your small biotech company should have a product manager. Larger companies typically have many of these, and sometimes they all do slightly different things the way they divide up responsibilities. But it's important to understand um, whether you're already working with one or if you don't have one, what the value a product manager brings to your business. Before we get started... I want to share the offer I made at the end of my last episode. So not every company has the resources for an ongoing podcast series, but an audio interview with one or two of your scientists or executives could result in a valuable and shareable piece of content that you can host on your website. I'm now offering small batch handcrafted audio content that you could imagine was produced by a couple of bearded hipsters in a loft in Brooklyn, not necessarily in Walnut Creek. Or you can think of it as a press release brought to life by the magic of audio. The price for a 20 to 30 minute episode is $2,500. If you commit to an episode before June 1st, I'll include a co-branded transcript, a $300 value, and each episode will then live in a new podcast feed separate from this one, the value of which will grow over time as more stories and more amazing companies and technology are added. So you get to use it. I'll put it in a feed that will grow in value over time. Now let's dive into today's topic. Today, I'm talking to Jill Rowan. She's the founder of Sciencia Consulting, specializing in providing life science product management for small and mid-sized biotechs, large pharmaceutical and medical device companies. Jill, thanks for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chris.
0: Today, we're going to talk about product management for the first time ever on this podcast. So in larger companies, this is a common role. But even if you're in a larger company, you may not know exactly what a product manager does, because it varies, I think, a fair amount from one company to another. And if you're in a smaller company, there may be a marketing manager who's responsible for a lot of things. But our goal is to clarify what a product manager does, the value they bring to a small company, and what type of person you need in this role. So, first of all, Jill, describe for everyone what a product manager does.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chris. I'm glad we started with that because a lot of people, in particular in the life science industry, don't really know. Uh, But... In essence, a product manager is really the glue that kind of binds a lot of functions that touch a product. So this could be on the front end doing customer interviews uh, and then mid-stage lear- working with your R&D to develop the product. And then uh, at the end for your sales and marketing, you have a product, you need to launch it. And then you, a lot of times you have regulatory considerations and all um all aspects are all going to be intertwined in your operations and, and finance. So not only do you own the decision about what gets built, but you also influence every aspect of how it's built and, and launched.
0: I love how you just described that. I mean, that's sort of how I thought about it, but I wouldn't have said it that well. Like, I always think of the product manager as the person, for the most part, who's talking to customers, figuring out what they need, and then creating a whole list of requirements, and then talking to R&D and saying, what order should we incorporate these into the product? Because you probably don't incorporate them all in the first round, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think another way to kind of understand exactly what it is is, you know, in other fields besides life sciences, product management is considered like a training ground for becoming a CEO because you wear a lot of hats you're making trade-off decisions you're bringing together cross functions, cross-functional teams making sure there's alignment and these are all high-level strategic roles you know um so it's and then beyond doing the strategy you also need to have the tactics to actually develop marketing material for your product launch and 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 strategy strategies from that point on
0: Nice. I yeah. I did not know that about becoming a CEO either. So I'm on the wrong path.
1: Yeah, I think there's uh, like, I know, uh, you know, and, and, you know, all these tech companies like Marissa Mayer, she was a product manager for years at Google, and then she became CEO of Yahoo. There's so a couple of people, um, the uh, CEO of Microsoft at one point was a product manager. I mean, it's, it's very... It's considered a a craft, you know, uh, in other fields and hopefully, you know, it's kind of moving that direction in life sciences. It's not quite there yet. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a really interesting, interesting field.
0: Cool. So there can be some confusion. So let's talk about how a product manager is different from a project manager.
1: Yeah, that, that's, I mean, when I first started, I, I didn't really know the difference either. Um, I mean, certainly in product management, you use project management principles. But I would assume in any field, you use project management principles. Um, You know, from you, you know, as a product manager, you you have more of the marketing aspect. I mean, so you are trying to shepherd a product through the R and D pipeline. You're trying to shepherd people to develop that marketing content and move it out. but, you know as a project manager you don't really you're not out talking with customers and thinking of the strategic vision uh, of a product now you can certainly I've worked with project managers um, but an, in general you know a project manager in a company they're they they do not just work with products their you know strategic goal could be going for an IPO or uh, uh, change management um, so product management is it's based on having a deep understanding of customer need and uh, and business objectives and kind of marrying those two to push a product out.
0: Right. I always think, um, so based on my limited experience, the product managers I knew were responsible sort of for that inbound customer need part, as well as... Not necessarily creating the marketing materials on the outbound side, but they would be the point of contact to say, this is our positioning and so on for a Marcom team. And I know some companies split those. So one person is the inbound for a single product and there is an outbound for a single product.
1: Yeah, right? I, th- I think, you know, the larger a company gets, um, you know, you, you kind of branch off from product management and product marketing. Uh, so, I mean, I know Illumina is doing that now. They used to have a product management department, and now they're kind of branching it off into two entities because uh, they are a little bit of a different skill set. But when you're working in smaller companies like myself, you really need somebody who can who can do it all. Uh, I certainly there is a point where you know where, where I'm you know fine tuning the the messaging um, and. You know, for any sort of marketing material, whether a webinar, a, a website, flyer, brochures, what have you, sales tool. Um, and there's certainly at the very end this marketing communications component where there's really excellent copywriters and, and designers that can really pull it all together. Uh, so, but in smaller companies, which is my sweet spot, they're, you, you basically, they really need somebody to do it all. And so you need to kind of fine tune those skills and and do the best you can as far as finding that that end stage marketing copy development.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned small company and that's perfect segue to my next question is at what point in its evolution should a small company like a biotech consider hiring a product manager? When do they know like, okay, we should have a person who just does this?
1: Well, at the risk of sounding self-serving, <laughs> since, no, go ahead. <laughs> since I am a product manager for small companies, I mean, I, I think this should be one of your first hires. Uh, you know, um, a lot of times people are coming to me, you know, they're like, well, we're trying to find this director of strategic marketing and we can't find a right fit. Is there any way you could just help us in the meantime? You know, and it's, a, it's a company with 100, 155 people. They have one product. They have a bunch of salespeople that have no sales tools, um, so I'm like, well, you really need a product manager. Uh, you know, somebody who can understand the customer, even if they have a product, uh, make the product better. Because usually, you know, that when the technology is starting, there's just a lot of problems. Uh, so trying trying to figure out why, you know, why this particular, uh, you know, preclinical trial failed, or, or you know, using your product, or and an understanding exactly how to design that product a little bit better. And then working with your R and D to help, you know, a shepherd that, that product through the, um, life cycle. And then on the end stage, you know, you're, you can have as many salespeople as you want, but if they don't have any sort of marketing material to help them in their sales process, it's, they're really, you know, kind of hit, uh, a dead end. um, So from that perspective, you know, having a high level strategic marketing person, you know, you can never, that's never a bad idea, but strategically I would, you know, for a smaller company, I would hire somebody who can really do it all and get things moving and get things out and at the same time have that strategic product vision, but also develop materials that your team can use. And then as you progress and and moving on, then you can bring on that that higher level marketing person that's gonna spend their days, you know, talking to, relationship building with KOLs and and talking with customers constantly, and just always keeping uh, that strategic uh, vision.
0: Right. Yeah. It seems like if you went for the <clears throat> higher level strategic person first, you're just possibly creating more demand for a product that isn't being taken care of in the right way it could amplify your problems right yeah
1: yeah i mean that's a lot of times what happens i mean especially you know at these smaller companies it's founded by a couple scientists who have a great idea and and in essence usually a pretty good product but once you get it out there and people start using it there's inevitably a lot of problems it's biology it's it's you know science (laughs) it's Things Say no times, more. Yeah, nine times out of ten, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. You know, if you're not selling, you know, uh, an app, you know, on your phone, it's it's a whole different, you know, whole different slew of problems. So yeah, yeah I mean, you need to understand and, and work with your R and D, and then yeah, I, I you know, the last company I was at, the sales team was phenomenal. I mean, they were. Really, really knew their product well, really knew the customer base, but they they could talk how great the product was till they're blue in the face. I mean, they're scientists they need to have some sort of case study and you know you don't want to give them uh, you know a manuscript that was published eight years ago talking you know about how good the product is. I mean now you're at a different stage you need you need uh, a nice um you know, a, a addressable market, very visual, finding that one value proposition and then those three takeaways to kind of help move people in the direction to to purchase your product.
0: Nice. So you mentioned um, strategic product vision. That got my attention. What What do you mean by that specifically?
1: Well, I look at it in two different compartments, I guess, which is a little bit what we were talking about earlier is, you know, you do have this early product management and then later stage product marketing. But I'll I'll talk about both because that's what I do both. And it is important as a product manager to kind of understand exactly each component. So the strategy, you know, you want to start with more of a, a roadmap, which is, more of this high-level strategic communication tool. And really the goal is just to kind of manage outcomes and expectations. You know, it's it's not very wordy. It's more visual. Just trying to, you know, a very simplified communicating with everybody in your your team to understand your output, which that one's usually easy because that's what your product is. (laughs) Your outcomes, just... Really clearly defining what problem your product solves, and you know what what really is the behavior change that you're expecting from your customer base, and then the impact. So if you solve that problem, what do you want happen? I mean, obviously, everyone's looking for increased sales, but it could be lots of other things as well: uh, increased brand awareness, um, KOL relationship, you know, uh, development, so on, and then you know, kind of in this roadmap, kind of talk about your your metrics. How do you know you solved that problem? Uh, you know, it's uh, so, okay, great. They bought the product, but did they buy it again? Did they tell their peers about it? You know, so the strategy, it's just really getting an overview of what, you know, your kind of, your statement of intent or direction And a loose timeline. I mean, lots of times if I'm doing a strategy, a roadmap, you know, I just do now, sooner, later. You know, it's just really trying to understand how to get to point A to point B.
0: Nice. So when you talk about now, sooner, later, tell me, give me an example.
1: Well, if you, so I, I do some coaching workshops and this is, because this is kind of a common question, because it's all these, everything I'm saying is a little bit abstract, right? So if you look at, so a roadmap, if you don't want to get too complex, if you really think about a roadmap, just think of Google Maps. And so I'm in San Diego, say, okay, I want to, I decide I want to go to San Francisco. So I go on Google Maps and I look at all the different routes I can take. So you look, okay, I could take a plane, I could, go up the highway, Route 5, really fast. I could go on Route 101 and take a nice scenic drive. takes longer, but it's really nice. I could take the train. So in your roadmap, you really want to commit to one of the different routes. So that's going to depend on what your end goal is. So say I decide, well, my end goal is to make it to San Francisco as fast as I possibly can. Well, I'm going to take a plane. So that is your, your goal, that is your, what your commitment is. And so then once you're on your plane ride, you can't really, you know, if everyone on the plane is saying, well, this was kind of a silly idea, this isn't really, I wanted to go uh, and, and go on Route 101 and, and see this, I heard it's a beautiful drive, you know, or I want to take the train. And then so you can't, as a product manager, you can't go up to the pilot and be like, you know what, Do you mind kind of landing the plane where we are right now? Because we've kind of all changed our mind. We're gonna (laughs) you know, we're gonna find our way to the nearest train station and and just you know, we're gonna take the train off because why not? So that, you know, so you can't do that, you know. Right. (laughs) So that's kind of the point of having a roadmap. And so if you so the the timeline aspect that you talked about previously, you know, that kind of ties into Say the the, pl- the pilot says to me, hey, listen, um, w- there's some turbulence up here and it's going to be kind of crazy. I'm going We're going to hang a right for 10 miles and then go up. That's going to add 15 minutes to our time. Is that okay? It's like, yeah, sure. You yeah, know, that's no problem. Or, you know what? There's technical failure. There's no problem. But we are going to land in Irvine, you know, and, and, and we'll find you a way up. Up north, I don't know how you're going to get there, but we'll try to work it out. So that's why, you know, as far as timelines, it's really difficult to, you know, be at this date and two months we're going to do this and four months we're going to do this and six months we're going to do this because things don't go as planned and they really, they change. So at the very beginning strategic, you know, abstract, you know, a, a vision of the product vision, it's very difficult to... Have a clearly defined timeline. So normally, I just starting out. I'm just like, okay, now we're gonna take a lift to the airport. You know, we're gonna get a plane. Hopefully, we'll get there in two hours. Uh, but I'll just say later, we're going to land in San Francisco, and and if far off in the distance, somehow we're gonna get back home. Uh, Got so, it. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so now I I totally understand what you're talking about, the now, sooner, later. It's not a defined date by date timeline. But the roadmap is perhaps um, in terms of functionalities or capabilities that you think the product will have and in the order in which they're going. It's going to grow, and also the markets you want to reach for different strategic reasons. For example, you might say, if we get traction over here, then that's the easiest way to build brand awareness, and then we can move into this other market that's tangential to that. For example, and that's the strategy. Is that right? right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know everything. It everything's a moving train, you know. So uh, it's really difficult to have these hard you know, deadlines. Uh, but you can certainly say, okay, this, in the first year, we're just going to try to get a bunch of stuff out. Uh, you know, we're just going to try to get the product out, get some feedback. Re- re- you know, year two, we'll, um, you know, do, a, you know, a real hard launch and because we're going to have enough feedback to make sure it has a really valuable product and we have all the design perspectives, you know, straightened out. And then third year, We're going to go crazy and, you know, hire a bunch of marketing communications people and and really start to be aggressive as far as marketing the product.
0: Right. And like you said, there's a commitment. Like when you decide to do a certain thing, that rules out doing other things and changing it mid-path just complicates things and probably makes them more expensive. And yeah, so you I, have to have yeah. a vision of like, this is the order or this is the way we're going to proceed. And we can make small changes based on response, but um, we have to have a plan and sort of stick with it. Otherwise it'd be chaos.
1: Yeah. I think that's traditionally why product managers are known to be, you know, a training ground for future CEOs because you are constantly you know, inundated with people changing perspectives and ideas and a lot of them are really good. You need to figure out which ones to do and which ones not to do. And to also, it's, you know, it's relationship building. So you don't want people to feel not valued. Um, But find that sweet spot of pivoting, you know, with ease when it's in the best interest of the company, but not completely derailing your plans, unless, you know, in the scenario where the plane is going to crash. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> then you can change your plans. But to change right. it because you think, well, it might, I actually, you know, well, now that I'm talking to more customers, you know, it, it's yeah, it's it's just finding that fine line. If you don't want to be like, well, this is the plan, and this is everything we're doing, and we're not changing the plan, but you can't Yeah, you can't really derail. And I think that's what makes really good CEOs uh, of trying to uh, manage uh, and take risks and and when not to take a
0: risk. Yeah, so that's a great transition to my last question, which is, if you're going to hire a product manager, what kind of skills are you looking for, even beyond knowledge of the market?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, Obviously, it would depend who you're who you're talking to, but for for me, um, certainly technical savviness and understanding basic marketing pr- principles is important. Uh, but I think you know a larger picture of a great product manager and what I look for when I'm hiring is somebody who never wants to stop learning. You know who who's constantly trying to improve their cells and improve their skill set, which I think is why, it, as a you know uh, recovering scientist, um, I think it's a great field for scientists because traditionally, you know, you're going to school for a bazillion years, so it's you're. I'm assuming you you like to learn, um, but it's not exclusive. Certainly, I, um, anybody who's just really trying to understand um, the the product technically, understand your customer better, understand your leadership, um, uh, and and just trying to improve yourself and improve the product. Um, and then the second is kind of what we were talking about earlier, is this ability to kind of come to terms with reality and, and pivot. You know, um, uh, it is easy, especially if you do have this plan to... Not want to hear things because you're already made it so far. um and it's like, I don't want to hear that, so I'm going to pretend <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> And that's a mistake, you know? Um, so it's best to um or if you it's blatantly something's wrong and to, you know, just try to not fix the problem, but just, you know, um, just not not really understanding that you need to write your list of 10 things that possibly went wrong. And so if there's a crack in the road, decide should you fix the crack? Should you take another road and, and and pivot and do that quickly and with ease and just, you know, keep your, your team together. So you don't want to be kind of mulling over these issues forever, but you don't want to kind of take it too lightly and not think it through either. Um, so usually, you know, if I'm hiring, I just ask people if they've ever, you know, dealt with any adversity in their life and how they overcome it. It could be personal, professional, and everyone's got a story. Um, and then the last one is definitely product managers, the good product managers are really people who have the ability to take time to think. Now, that might sound kind of crazy, but you know, on a day-to-day basis, a product manager can receive hundreds of emails, you know, and putting out fires, and everyone's mad, and no one feels valued, and you're ask, everyone's asking you 10,000 bazillion questions. But you really need, as a product manager, your main goal is to keep a pulse on the customer and to have, keep that strategic product vision and to keep everyone on your team, all your internal stakeholders, on board. And in order to do that, you need to find a way within your week to not answer an email, to not answer your phone and and to think about these things. Um and you might think that's kind of well, that's that's pretty easy, but sometimes it's not. You know, you it's a learned skill, especially this day with the level of communication is so high. Like if you don't answer a text in the two seconds I sent it to you, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so it's, <laughs> I think it's very important that people, you know, product managers understand that that's something that they actually need to schedule in and put it on their calendar. Like Friday from one to three, I'm going to shut down my phone. I'm not going to answer emails and I, I'm going to think about this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's important for everybody. But as you say, I mean, in today's world, you You're going to be bombarded with lots of requests. There's always something that needs your attention. I've experienced this and you always feel like, oh, I should do their thing first. And it's sometimes hard to set aside time for yourself. And then there's the whole idea of like, if I just shut my door and don't answer my phone, people are going to think I'm not working, right? right? which you know is not true. And obviously, um, you know, that time for thought is important, but there's sort of a perception about it. That's an advantage of working from home, honestly, is that you could do that and it would be easier. But if you're just sitting in your office and you're just thinking about stuff, which people should do, you don't have to put your hands on a keyboard or anything. um, It's hard to do, but uh, I think people definitely need to, to make time for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they say, you know, distraction is a symptom you know, of something else. So it's really, yeah, I think creativity, the only time you can really get create, creative is if you're focusing and, and, and thinking, you don't need to take, you know, you're not in academics anymore. You don't need to sit and stare out the window for weeks. Uh, but, you know, but carving out a couple hours a week uh, could actually really make a, a huge impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm a big believer. Um, well, this has been great. I I learned a lot personally today. And um, I'm going to put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Is there anywhere else we should send people to learn more about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, well, I have a website, uh, scienciaconsulting.com. So maybe if you could do that as well.
0: I will certainly do that. I'll and put that then, in the show notes.
1: And I also linked up. Uh, my name too to that website jillrowan.com goes to scienciaconsulting.com okay yeah very good so you should be able to find me
0: excellent well Jill Rowan thank you so much for educating us all on product marketing I'm really excited like I said at the beginning we've never talked about this but I think it's an important thing um, for everyone to know whether you're a CEO a founder or a marketing communications person that is working with <laughs> The product manager, like, what are they doing? Why am I helping them out? So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Chris, for the opportunity.
0: My pleasure. All right, have a good day. You too. I am so glad we did that. I wish we'd had that conversation sooner. I learned a lot. I'm sure some of you will have also. I've got a couple more episodes coming around small biotech marketing, getting started with sales, messaging, And so I think it's going to make a nice little mini series here on Life Science Marketing Radio. If you like the podcast, tell two people. If you only know one person who's interested, tell them and have them tell three. That's all I've got for this week. I will be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye-bye.